up, beautiful humans? My name is Morgan, and I'm your podcast host. I'm a talk therapist by training and a practicing spiritual entrepreneur. I specialize in Reiki, tarot, and past life regression. In this podcast, I integrate both clinical and spiritual perspectives to best support you on your healing journey. Welcome to The Clinical Spiritualist. Hi, Morgan. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm happy to be here and excited to be chatting about ayahuasca with you. Me too. So you and I met through the lovely world of Instagram, through the spiritual world of Instagram. And actually, my first experience with you was you led me through um, my first group past life regression and my first past life regression ever. So why don't we just start... Um, so why don't we just start with a introduction, your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about your business that you have. Awesome. Um, my name is Morgan Fava. I am a, I go by she, her. Um, my business is Akashic Alchemy. Um, I work in the Akashic Records and with past life regression to do a lot of subconscious programming. What tends to come up in my work is often working with the inner child or past life limiting beliefs to help clear and release that. So I was really interested when you posted a few weeks ago that you were going somewhere, I'm not sure where, um, to journey with ayahuasca. And I am so new to this topic. I, a few episodes ago, had a podcast um, guests talk about microdosing and um, her experience with psychedelics. So I'm very like new, dumbed down to the topic. Um, So any information that we talk about today is going to be so helpful for my own um, knowledge. And I figured, why don't we just open that space so others can also um, learn. And by no means am I asking for you to be an expert on this topic, but you're definitely the expert on your own life. So I would love to hear, um, in your words, what is ayahuasca? How many times have you taken, journeyed with it? Like, what language do you prefer, et cetera? So this is probably my favorite question to kind of ponder what is ayahuasca. Um, For me, it has been a guide. Um, it's been a guide that showed up kind of early on in my own spiritual journey. And I never really experienced psychedelics until much later in life. Um, but I was open to it and it's been just that it's been a guide in so many ways, um, to, really bridge that gap or open that gateway between kind of everything and nothing. It allows us to connect to a lot of parts of ourself that we hide away and do a lot of inner work, but also see things from a larger perspective of humanity or just the universe and the cosmos and really connect to that. Um, I have personally sat in 11 ceremonies, but those journeys have been kind of clumped together in just two. Mm. I'm one of those, um, 
all in type of people. So my first experience, I sat with the medicine nine times over three weeks in Peru with traditional Shiba, uh, Shipibo shaman. Um, and that was two years ago. And then recently felt the call again and it lined up and happened very quickly. But I sat in two more ceremonies Mm. in Costa Rica. Since we're on the topic of the ceremonies, just walk through a general, what does that entail? So traditionally, um, you will have had some sort of intention setting. Usually there are shaman present and then facilitators who help hold the space. Um, A group dynamic, but it's a very personal individual journey. Um, A ceremony night will begin with just kind of clearing the space, setting intention, Um, the shaman will call each individual up one by one and recommend a dosage. It's a a brew or a tea that you drink. Um, so then you partake in that and then the journey kind of starts to unfold. Um, oftentimes it's done in darkness because it is an inward experience. Um, and it can be common that we get easily distracted or even blend to other people around us. So it helps to keep that container more private. Um, A typical journey lasts anywhere from eight to 12 hours, just depending on the flow of the night and everyone's energy in the room. Um, I will say it's always held in an energy of a lot of love. And the, the medicine itself is known as like Mama Aya or the grandmother And so I always think of it as that, as like, I'm Italian and like Italian grandmothers are known for being very loving, but also like, you know, maybe smack you with a wood spoon when you need it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the energy. It's like, there's so much love, but there's also, you know, some discipline and like work that needs to be done. Um, Purging is common. So you're very vulnerable in this space. Um, common ways to purge are puking or it coming out the other end, um, shaking, laughter, tears, yawning. There's a lot of ways and that's like clearing out stuff that's needing to be cleansed from the system. Mm. Um, so you, you kind of find yourself in a room of strangers who might be throwing up or crying and, and that's where it's important to just go back inward. Um, and, you know, the night is carried in music. Um, the shamans sing what are called ikros, and they really carry the flow of the energy and they hold such a loving space of like, they give so much mm. for all of us to have our own experience. Um, and then it always has its own natural way of kind of winding down, coming to completion. The containers always kind of sealed. And then there's some space for sharing and just opening up about the journey and and rest because the body needs it. Yeah, absolutely. During these eight to 12 hours, you know, you kind of come to a completion during like the height of it. Is there any kind of steady moments or is it always this like laughter, crying, you know, kind of like. Um, yeah, there's definitely like a a wave type energy with it where it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, and in my personal experience and, and others speak to this too, you really create your own personal relationship with the energy of the medicine. 
And so, you know, there's been moments in my journeys where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And out of like a mutual connection and respect, the medicine will soften and like give you space or you can really ask, like, I am ready for more and maybe being careful what you ask for sometimes. So it does ebb and flow. It's not just this like heightened journey for eight hours. Um, sometimes when you think you're in the clear, you'll like go right back into a wave of it, maybe stronger than before. So, um, it's, it's a whole journey. (laughs) Yeah. And how, I'm really curious how it has been helpful. These experiences have been helpful to your personal healing and your personal life. So I found myself in my first journey in Peru. I had just turned 31. Um, I had done a lot of work on myself in the previous two years, but there were still things that I couldn't get to on my own. And those journeys over those weeks there, like my intentions were to heal a lot of stuff in my family line um, that I had been working through and then to connect more to my spiritual gifts and my purpose. Mm. And so what has been most helpful is, um, you know, in my immediate family there, my mom abandoned me and my five or four siblings when I was 11. So there's a lot of pain around that. Um, and like, you know, ongoing thoughts of if my mom doesn't want me, who's ever going to want me. And that's really played a huge role in a lot of my work. And with the help of ayahuasca, I was able to kind of see a different perspective of it and see the pain and maybe even some of the dark attachments that my mom has, um, that she's never had support or the opportunity to heal. And so it made me more compassionate to that. And it really helped me to heal through a lot of that pain in you know, this has just kind of been our journey in this lifetime. And I, you know, actually was able to just hold on to the good and the love that I received in my childhood and really let go a lot of the anger that I was holding on to. Um, And then it opened me up to love. I had been very closed off just big walls up around letting others in. And I spent like two whole journeys. Um, It was almost this annoyance where I was like, you lay on like a mat and blankets and stuff. And I felt this strong energetic pull, like pushing me over and then like saying it's time to make room for someone else. And I would fight it. And I'm like, no, I, you know, I want this space to myself. I'm not ready. And, you know, it was annoying because then I just kept feeling this push and I'm like, no. And, um, I actually met my wife in that ayahuasca journey, which was really powerful, but I needed to open up and um, that's been huge. And then just living out of alignment, I was living so out of alignment and not fully, but, you know, holding on to 3D things. And so it really showed me, this is what you're here to do. This is what your purpose is. And there's many ways that we can live out our purpose, but it's time to step up and step in. And so um, 
I spent two years integrating all of that. And that's where I just recently got to my next journey because I was ready. It took a long time to integrate those parts. Yeah. What deep, deep work that you have done. Wow. That is so honorable. And I'm so happy that you spoke to meeting your wife. Um, because before we got on, I was like, oh, I really think that she's wrote about this before. I need to ask her. And so I was about to be like, if you're comfortable with this, could, could like tell us about that? Um, so I'm glad you just brought it up because that is just so cool and very beautiful. Um, is there any experiences that you want to share? And I think you kind of spoke to it a little bit of working through this abandonment wound during your journeys. Um, any experiences during your journey that felt confronting, scary, or uncomfortable that feel notable to talk about? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of them. Um, I, and I, I think we'll get to that about like preparing to work with the medicine. I'd done a lot. And so I didn't purge a lot in a puking sense, which I'm very grateful for. I've, I've only done that twice in my 11 journeys. Um, but that was one of the times in particular where I felt like I was purging stuff that wasn't even mine and belonged in like my mom and family lines. And it was so uncomfortable. And I remember like, you have like a bucket and it's, it's not like normal puke. Like it feels like it's just putrid and comes from the ickiest of spaces. And like, you know, just like sacred geometry, like it's the weirdest experience sometimes. But um, I remember in that moment, like thinking, like, what am I doing here? Like, what did I sign up for? And I don't know if I'm ready for this. And again, that's where the medicine like kind of slowed and was like, you're ready. Like you asked for this, you know? And so I leaned in and um, that was definitely the most confronting in a sense of like, I, I felt like I was sitting with the darkness that's attached to my mom. And like, it was such this moment of, it's not my job to fix it either, because that's been a huge part of my journey of like, is it my job? Is it my responsibility? Um, but really just to send love and to keep growing and healing myself and knowing that that's going to ripple through my timelines and my family lines. Um, another one that comes up that was hard um, was I, I sat for a while in one ceremony feeling pain for women who have lost children or who can't um, get pregnant and, and have children. And it was just a lot of pain around that. And I felt like I felt all of it, like every pain and suffering from those women. Um, and you know, that's been part of my work. And what I integrated through that was the work I do with the inner child helps those spaces. And so, um, it was, it was tough. It was like, I remember my throat just felt like it was on fire, like kind of dry and I couldn't drink water. And it was like, you know, felt like I was through like the desert, just trying to survive. And, um, it was tough, but there's been so much growth through both of those experiences. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that like I'm relating it to childbirth in a way, and I've never experienced childbirth, but it's like most people, I won't say all, 
um, consciously say, this is something I want to do. And then when you get to like that birth, it's like, I wish this could stop. I want to be out of this, but you're in it. And so that's kind of how my brain is relating, relating. It's like you signed up for it, but you're, you're in that space and you're like, Oh no, this is much bigger than what I was expecting. Yeah. I mean, I've never myself had a child either, but I've been present for many births. And, um, I think that there's definitely some relation there and, you know, we are birthing new parts of ourselves in those, you know, pains and sufferings and things that we're experiencing. Um, but like I said earlier, like the, the space is always held in so much love. And even in those dark, dark moments, you always have awareness of like who you are, where you're at, what your place to be there was. And there's, you know, finding your breath or going back to your intention will bring you right back into like your heart space of just reminding yourself that you're safe, you are loved and like it will end. This isn't forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how you personally prep for a journey. So ayahuasca was off my radar. I had never heard of it. And then I would say about six months, five months before I saw a friend going through a journey and I saw that she was part of a group and they met each day and they were sharing of their intentions and their work. And they did this before they went on a journey Um, So I did my own research and I really leaned into what I felt called to do. Um, There's specific what they call dieta. So like kind of clearing and cleansing your system to prepare for the medicine. And it depends on who you kind of talk to. But a recommendation is often at least seven days before and after. But more is better. Um, so what I did personally for my first journey was I became vegan. I never done that in my life. Um, I never even thought it was possible. It's just so funny now. Stopped taking any medication, not that I really did, but even like ibuprofen or anything like that. Just really starting to detox and cleanse my body, even from my products that I was using externally, just anything natural. Um, and then each day for 60 days, so 60 days out, I began that and I would sit with my intention and hold it, um, start to call in what I wanted to experience. And a lot of people speak to this in that do you even like start hearing about Alaska or agree that at some point you want to take a journey, um, the medicine starts to work in you already. And I could feel that. And so that's where I started to nurture that bond and create that trust that I had. And I feel personally like because I was diligent and disciplined in that practice is why I didn't have this very like physical purging Um, because I began to show respect for the medicine and the practice well before I got there. Um, and then as it gets closer, there's like a more strict dieta. They call it like the ayahuasca diet. And it's, it's pretty extreme in a sense of like no salts, no sugar, no spice. Like you have to be careful of citrus foods. And, you know, most retreats will give you a list. Um, 
no sex because you're blending other energies within yours. So it's like the most pure that you can come um, to that space for your own journey. Um, and, you know, like other medicines, um, I'm personally not a big marijuana user, but um, marijuana and ayahuasca are both strong feminine plants. And so they have this sort of cat fight of who's in control in the body. So that's something that's important to, to detox. Um, and this second round, it came up so quickly, but most of my day-to-day is what I did for the first journey now I've stuck with it for the most part. I mean, I don't eat like the bland food, but I did do that for a week before. Um, but yeah, a lot of the things that I cut out and switched to, I've stuck to for the last two years, which has also been a neat part of the journey. Oh, neat. That would be, that would be difficult. Um, but when you're in the moment, it would probably be like, thank God I (laughs) did all these other things to prep for, for this. Um, just a few more questions. Let's talk about how you integrate your experience and your finding once you come home from your journey. So in my experience, I do a lot of journaling um, or have and like after and in Peru, I did um, just some video like vlogging for myself to refer back to when I was like early in those experiences. Um and I just go back to that information and, and really see like, okay, where do I start? Um, my first time when I went back home, it was challenging and I had a very beautiful life, but again, it was one of those, like, it wasn't really an alignment. I was bartending in Hawaii and traveling and had a lot of beautiful people around me, but that was a tough landing. So I just got there and I was like, okay take just one step at a time, one day at a time and start to make little shifts. So I knew I needed to move out of my job and, and move some things around, but it took a little time and I was just really gentle with myself. Um, I had support. So there was facilitators from my retreat who I could reach out to. And then I was fortunate to have met my wife there and we were both in this integration Um, One of the first things I did was I went to study Reiki in Japan because that came through very strongly for me in my journey that it was something I needed to practice. Um, And like I said, it took two years for that integration. So I really just, I'm a list person. Um, I have a lot of Virgo in my chart. And so it was like, okay, you can do this today and, you know, baby steps. I knew it was something that wasn't going to happen overnight. Um, And I will just speak into the the piece of integration that it is the medicine. Mm. Like we can go and have all these journeys and experiences and feel like we're floating in the cosmos and connecting to, you know, our higher self and our galactic guides and it'd be so, you know, um, like you can just feel it and be in it. But the work is when we go back to our, normal or regular life and our challenge to create that in that space. And so that's why I knew, you know, ayahuasca, I would do it again, but not tomorrow and not next month. Even I was like, when it's right. And I didn't feel like it was right until all of that work had been integrated. And so now I'm in this new space of integration and, um, 
I know I'll find my way to the medicine again at some point, but I very much honor this time in just going back to my journey and my notes and seeing how I'm integrating that and what steps I can take. Yeah. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you feel called to share about your personal experience um, or anything that you want listeners to know that you feel passionate about? Um, I have a lot of people reach out to me when I bring up ayahuasca and they're like, oh, I want to do it or I've heard of it. There's a lot of fear that comes up in just, am I ready? Can I even do this? Um, and I'll just speak into that. You know, I think some parts of it have become trendy or mainstream. And for me, it's never been about that. It's just always been about my personal journey. So if you're feeling called to it, if it keeps popping up in your world, really just go inward and ask, like, is it, now you know is the journey now or how can you start to prepare to alleviate some of that fear um because it is scary there's a lot of unknowns there but there's so much that we get from it um i've guided a few of my clients in preparing for journeys i think having a mentor and support is very helpful in these spaces um i know my journey would have been very different without that and you know, lastly, again, it's that intention and an integration. So having an intention to work with the medicine is the most important and knowing and being clear on what that is before you kind of move into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and just feeling safe. So wherever you plan to do it or call it in, make sure that you feel safe and you trust the space and environment that you're going into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very important. Very helpful. So last question. Um, first, thank you so much for being vulnerable, sharing your experiences. I have learned so much from, from you today. Um, and I really would like for you to share what your business is offering right now. How can people work with you? Um, I saw you were doing some weekly or monthly circles. Um, so anything about your business, I would love to hear. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, actually from my last IA journey, I felt called to open a community space. So I'll be hosting a weekly community circle, um, doing different practices from breath work and past life regression and group Reiki and moon circles, just really feeling into, um, the environment and what is needed. Um, and then outside of that, I do Akasha greetings and past life regression with clients, again, working in those subconscious belief systems a lot with the inner child um, to really step out of what's holding us back and step into what we desire and are calling in. So my, uh, my Instagram is Akashic double underscore alchemy, or my website is akashicalchemy.com And you can find more about my offerings in those spaces. Beautiful. And I will link it in the show notes. Um, Thank you again for showing up and sharing with us. And I really appreciate you. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Clinical Spiritualist. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at clinical underscore spiritualist. 
I'm currently accepting new clients and would love to help guide you on your journey back to self. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.